welcome to Modern Anarchy, the podcast featuring real conversations with conscious objectors to the status quo. I'm your host, Nicole. On today's episode, artist and activist Trifecta joins us for a conversation all about their journey through spiritual abuse to embracing their blackness and asexual identity. Together, we talk about why love is missing from Christianity, healing from unhealthy relationships, and fetishizing certain sins. Y'all, if you have gone through your own form of spiritual abuse, this is definitely an activation warning. There's a lot of talk about that here. And if you have, I am sure that you are going to resonate with so much of Trifecta's experience. And even if you haven't gone through that same journey of spiritual abuse and out of that community, wow, this story here is very relatable, right? This person who is telling you that what you know what your intuition is saying is wrong and there's something wrong with you because you don't see the world that I see wow I the amount of times that we have people that come in and try to tell us that our gut sense our knowledge is wrong okay that is a common narrative that many people have experienced and I really appreciate that trifecta came onto the space and was so vulnerable about the pain of navigating those relationships so thank you trifecta i really really appreciate you and you did so wonderfully in this podcast i know you had some worry about how you were speaking about these things but i just can't even see it you were so eloquent so clear and spoke from the heart that i mean man anyone who listens to this podcast is gonna be moved by your story the truth and the love that you are sharing with the world so thank you i hope all of y'all listeners come away with something novel to chew on some sort of change or expansion whatever that might be for you today everyone tune in hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, my name is Trifecta. I'm an artist. I'm also uh, an activist. Uh, specifically for the ace asexual community that's mm-hmm. kind of me in a nutshell i just do art sure. with, a, with a purpose mm. and that's that's been my lane for uh a few years now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what kind of art do you do both traditional and uh digital as well i also make music but that's cool. a part of what i do uh cool. so those are the three three lanes that mm-hmm. I like to stay in. Mm-hmm. And then you said that you're also an activist. Yes. Mm-hmm. For yes, the ace. Um, yeah. Yeah, for the asexual community. Um, I recently, in the past few years, had uh, come into a, a, a fresh reality of, of who I was with more definition. Yeah. Um, when it came to me being asexual. And mm-hmm. uh, from there, I really wanted to do something about it. 
um, I realized that there was a lot of, uh, not a lot of representation and I wanted to help move that energy in a, in a positive, brighter sense. Mm, So that's what I've given a lot of my, my time and my life to at present anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough representation of the asexual community at all. No. I, I definitely didn't see it. One of the things that inspired me to do that was that I just didn't have like any concept or vocabulary for it when mm-hmm. I was younger. Yeah. And and the funny thing is I actually have always felt that way. Mm-hmm. I have always been that mm-hmm. way, like mm-hmm. since puberty. And if I actually had someone or somebody, something to give me some definition as to like, what it was that I was feeling, I probably would have been able mm. to grasp it a lot sooner. Mm. And it definitely was a, a an, an issue in my adolescence for sure, because I didn't know how to talk about it or express myself. Um, so that's that's a big part of, of why I, I do what I do, because I want to give people what I did not have mm-hmm. when I was younger, or even if you're coming into it later in life, same same idea. Yeah, yeah. There just wasn't language to describe the feelings and all of the experiences that you had. Right. Mm. Could you explain to me now, like what you were feeling at that time? Take us through that journey of those various things that now you have the language for. Yeah, yeah. So um, asexuality is uh, not having the desire for sexual attraction, just not having sexual attraction and sexual attraction specifically wanting to have sex with somebody right mm-hmm. um it's not about arousal or mm-hmm. um even the ability to have sex none of that really is is a part of that equation um but it's purely for myself anyway how i see it is um little to no desire mm-hmm. uh for sexual attraction mm-hmm. and uh when i was younger i never really had that thought or or feeling like mm-hmm. like other people did around that time I definitely yeah. noticed there was a huge difference in how I was expressing myself versus others um an, another weird thing not weird but mm-hmm. another odd thing about uh, that experience at the time was that uh a big part of my energy a lot of people could say is uh effeminate I heard that a lot growing up. I don't like to use that nowadays. I think the concept of feminine and masculine isn't really the same for me like it used to. Uh, But that was always a part of uh, my energy and how I carried myself. So often I was teased or people assumed that I might have been gay for so long. And the interesting, interesting about that is that I kind of almost was thinking that I was for reasons that didn't make sense to me because for years, even in those times, like by myself in my room, when I had those thoughts, I'm like, okay, everybody seems to think this Mm -hmm. being either teased about it or it's assumed or whatever, just because of the way that I carry myself, but I don't want to have sex with men. Mm -hmm. So how am I, homosexual if I don't want to have sex with any guys right Right. so that was really confusing didn't know Mm -hmm. how to articulate that and then at the same time I didn't want to engage with women that way either now I had plenty of uh platonic relationships primarily with women that I definitely uh appreciated and, and enjoyed 
and tried to cultivate. Uh, but the sex part was just never on the table, never a discussion. Uh, so I, I say struggled at the time. It wasn't, I don't really like saying struggle now, but I struggled mm-hmm. with the idea of, okay, I find people beautiful, mm-hmm. but I don't want to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. What does that make me? Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable or, or right claiming uh, the, the gay label because it just wasn't, it just didn't feel right. Even though I had plenty of um, attributes about myself that you could consider queer, um, mm-hmm. a lot of artistic interests, a lot of characters that I enjoyed. I, I really actually uh, spent a lot of time, uh, I guess, fantasizing about different characters that had flamboyant energy. Yeah, I just loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I loved all of that energy so much. And whether or not they were gay wasn't even a part of my thought process because they weren't written any kind of way. But I always enjoyed thinking, wow, I love the comfort that that character mm-hmm. has. Or even uh, artists like Prince David Bowie as, are great examples yeah. of uh, two men who are definitely icons queer-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we see from their partners, they were primarily with women, right? And so I appreciated that, I guess, example, but I never really knew how to articulate it or be mm-hmm. comfortable just being myself. Oh. So I went about a lot of my adolescence just so confused. I made a lot of decisions too that were not true expressions of who I was sexually. Mm. It was just me trying to grasp at straws, trying to yeah. understand, okay. Am I this? Nope, this isn't working. Maybe if I did this, I would feel something. Nope, that wasn't working. Didn't have any desire to have relationships with men. So that was another thing that was like so confusing. But the world kept telling me that I must be gay, right? Just because of, again, how I carried myself, all this other stuff. And that is what really kind of pushed me into certain uh, religious and spiritual spaces. Okay. Because... In those spaces, I felt like, I guess, almost protected from that discussion at times. And even though I had to kind of uh, man up how I presented myself from Mm. time to time, it was still very uh, nice that I found a space that I could uh, be good at. Mm. You know, I actually was raised uh, Christian. My my parents uh, definitely made that a a consistent thing in my household. The unfortunate thing about that actually yeah. is that even in that space, as I'm sure you know, there's a lot, people have a lot to say about the whole queer thing. And that yes. made it very difficult because inside I was always like, I don't entirely agree with anything <laughs> about what some of these um, organizations are saying about this expression of life. Yet I'm here mm. and I have to make the best of it. And oftentimes I was taught to uh, just kind of focus on that concept of Jesus, right? The Christ and everything else would just work its way out. Like magic. And that's, that just didn't end up mm. happening. It, mm. it held, it held for a while, but it, it didn't really stick after various events later on in life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It didn't solve all of the questions. Mm-mm. Mm. And another interesting thing about my choice to lean into the the Christian theology, my asexuality played a very 
key role in that mm. because sex is often looked at as a negative thing unless it's under the concept of marriage right right and so i found myself as i climbed as i climbed the ladder in in ministry I ended up becoming a pastor and everything and i led worship and all that wow wow um yeah it was beautiful for the time but um mm-hmm. as i uh climbed that ladder I just realized a a difference still, even in the church, in how I was expressing myself sexually versus everybody else. I was Mm -hmm. looking around so confused as to why everybody in the Christian circles was having such a hard time with the sex concept. Yet, this is like the number one thing that every, not number one, but top thing that a lot of people are trying to uphold, fetishize, you can use a lot of words, and depending on your perspective. And so everyone around me, people that I would pastor would be uh, struggling, air quotes, struggling with this concept. And I would just sit there like, I don't understand what's so hard. This mm. is so easy for me. I don't, I don't get it. And uh, so some of the toxic things that kind of played into that was a lot of uh, leaders and, and people that I was starting myself with started to uh, kind of elevate my position because of my sexuality, even though I didn't have the words for it. So it was like, oh, well, you just have a gift to rise above this sin, right? To rise above the temptation wow. that nobody else has. And so I was almost like trained to believe that there was this hyper spiritual superpower that I had involving sex wow. that many people did not understand or couldn't yeah. grasp for themselves. And I, I was also celibate, you know, wrapping in what I was learning. I did it for God, right? Of course. But again, it was easy for me, not everybody else. I noticed most mm-hmm. people, not not everyone had that. But um, yeah, it was, it was always just a, a point of temptation and struggle for so many. Sure. And I could never understand why it was so hard until mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. when I found that vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting Absolutely. Absolutely. How did you feel about having that superpower? Great. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because like I said, it was, it was, uh, it was elevating. Yeah. You know, I, I would share this with my, my mentors and, and people that I was surrounded with. And they would say, this is something unique. You're just like this person in the Bible. You know, you're just like this person. You don't have that, that, that urge that, leads you to negative results right mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. the conversation was yeah. so it felt amazing at the time and i used it as a point of of pride i, I was proud of myself because sure. it was wrapped up in in my identity yeah and it, and it carried me through through quite a bit and then it didn't really help but i also just didn't have a natural taste for a lot of things whether it was alcohol all the other stuff that's demonized uh, in the church, I just didn't care. Uh, my uh, testimony, as they say, was very just clean. There wasn't a lot of things I fell victim to or sure. was interested in. So that just kind of continued to push me higher into these spaces on being mm. almost like an example of what to do instead sure. of what not to do. Sure. And, uh, I never really used it as a point of um, like judgment. Mm-hmm. It was a it was more of like an individual pride. Like I was proud of myself for having this gift that 
this idea of God had given me. And so I'm happy that I didn't use it as a point for judgment, but it was definitely easy to do that, especially with certain people that I would surround myself with. It became very tempting to buy into the idea of uh, this kind of righteousness Mm. that set me apart in a way that was in comparison to other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I never bought into that because it didn't feel great. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily. So yeah, that that was uh, another part of my journey that was got very confusing when it came to sexuality and and religion and, and spirituality. Is like I had mm-hmm. this nature about myself that just coincidentally fit into the yeah. narrative of of uh, purity purity culture. I could confidently say that I was like the poster child for purity for that time. Oh <laughs> I could, yeah, I, I definitely um, you know stood apart from a lot of stuff. Mm. And a lot of people latched on to that in, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always positive for me that they were latching onto it, but uh, it was still positive for most people. So it, it continued my, my ministry journey in a direction that was always doing something good mm. for whomever. Of course. Yeah, I was surrounded with. Yeah, the community. You were a role model. Right. But... It wasn't always good for you. Didn't end up being good mm. for sure. And I definitely held on to a lot of good because I was, um, I guess you can say, blinded mm. with all of the the glam of it. But a, a few years ago, I came to a point where I had to question a lot of what I had given my life to. There was one of the last people that I attempted to do ministry with an older gentleman really messed me up towards the Mm -hmm. end. Yeah. I I suffered a quite a bit of, of spiritual abuse under this man's guidance. And I think I spent maybe, I I knew him for four years, but two, two and a half years is when it was like an intimate relationship. Like he was, he was a mentor of mine for Mm -hmm. the time and Mm -hmm. I didn't really Mm -hmm. have, a reason to question who he was or his motives because yeah. it just felt right for the time. But things got kind of weird towards the end. Like the, the details of it is, is very ministry based. So I won't necessarily get into sure, to all of that. Sure. But uh, there was this one specific night where we had a, a disagreement about the things of God. Right. Of course. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he had a very, narrowed perspective of what he believed was right and righteous and and pure and good. And unfortunately, that was one of the things that kind of stuck us together because him and I had a lot of qualities that were similar, right? So I honored that about him and vice versa. Mm. But we finally got to it, finally. We got to a (laughs) point where uh, we had a disagreement about a certain expression of how to worship God, a very, I think, simple concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just went in a direction that exposed a lot of abuses that I did not huh. fully comprehend until like that moment. Huh. And he accused me of, of quite a bit of things that just didn't fit who I was spiritually. And it came out of the blue, by the way. All this, wow. oh, he has had some some awful stuff. But yeah. um, he just kind of 
put me in a corner to where I was forced to question pretty much the entirety of, of my, my life. Like he was strategically ripping apart different concepts of like hearing from God, uh, the way that I worshiped God, the way that, uh, how I just went about ministry. Yeah. He just spent that entire night destroying it. And it was out of the blue. It was bizarre. I felt a lot of emotion <laughs> in that moment. Of course. It was so confusing for that time. And uh, after that night, I was a mess because here's somebody that I had essentially given a good part of my life to just mm-hmm. say everything that you think you believe is either wrong or he went as far as calling me demonic. Like that's how weird it was. Yeah. Um, he even, it, it got so gaslighting. He even at one point he said, I apologize for allowing you to do this for as long as you did. Weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and talking about worship, talking about the way that I wow. led people like into the presence of, of the concept of God. Um, he apologized for allowing oh. me to do what I was doing for as long as I did. And I just found that to be so bizarre. He, as I said, talked about the way that I heard or what I thought I heard from God. He completely mm. question that and the, another dangerous thing that a lot of people do that he did he used uh scripture he used the bible oh. to justify so much of what Oof. he was saying now here's the f- funny part though i've been doing this god thing for a long time so it's very difficult very difficult <laughs> to mm-hmm. um have a battle with me on on what scripture says about certain things because i spent a lot of time now he 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 went and had he got his uh doctorate in theology like he was very educated but still i'm i was i was i was pretty fine so it was interesting because i would actually rebuttal some of the stuff that he was saying and every time that i would make a point that he had no i guess concept of he would say oh well that's not what i know And so he would deny my experience based off of what he knew, of what he learned. And if it was something that I challenged, he just would deny it immediately. Wow. So anyway, a lot happened from that conversation that really sent me into a spiral just because of how uh, emotionally and spiritually invested I was. I mean, I was doing full-time ministry. I gave everything mm. to this idea of the yeah. church. And so after that night, I, I, I'd say I fell into a pretty bad depression because I had to sit with what this man that I've trusted for so long Mm -hmm. said about my entire life and then apply it to my life, consider it. Cause he was, he was giving me an ultimatum too. He said, you have to be able to be obedient to this concept or this isn't going to work out. Mm. And I'm just like, Okay, so he's just going to pull the seniority card in a way that just didn't make sense to me. And and the the sad part about this season of depression is that it coincidentally happened during the time of uh, George Floyd's murder. Mm -hmm. So politically, there was a lot of things happening, right? Mm -hmm. Socially, culturally, there was a lot happening where a lot of Christian people's 
ugliness started to rear its head. A lot of people that I had spent time with, pastored even, uh, vice versa, started to express these things that I didn't feel were, were right. Things that I really actually, especially politically ignored. And I had the benefit of just being silent and protected in that silence because I didn't express how I felt about certain things. So not a lot of people had a reason to demonize or question where I was. But a lot of that was also part of the conversation with the man that spiritually messed me up. Um, a lot of stuff had come up that I believed in that he didn't, and it just made that whole situation worse. So mm-hmm. after getting out of that that conversation and considering just leaving the church altogether because of how confused I was, yeah. I just started to see such an ugly facet of Christianity oh. that I hadn't been open to before mm-hmm. because I just assumed that focusing on this idea of Jesus was enough because that's what I was taught. That's what I was told. That's what that man told me because it doesn't matter like that. We are, uh, that we have a few differences. We just need to focus on Christ and that'll just clear everything up Uh, and uh everything will be fine. But that's not what happened. No, You know? And then another weird thing too, when I left that organization that he was pastoring, that we were co-pastoring, by the way. Mm, mm -hmm, But um, when I left that group that we were co-pastoring, I kid you not, kid you not, the next week, his whole dialogue changed. He started talking about uh, uh, former President Trump, adding that into his services, he started talking about like conspiracy theories, just like the narrative got really, really harsh. And that was really revealing because what I realized, I started to kind of reflect on some of the stuff that we were going through. Yeah. He was essentially uh, grooming me to be like him. Oof, oof. There was this one time um, when I started to become vocal about things I didn't like online. He had commented on the post that I made and he said, why can't you be more like, and he listed off five different people of color that were all under the Republican concept wow. of life. Wow. And so I saw that and I looked them all up because I said, why did he pick five black men? Yeah, I just yeah. thought that was odd. Yeah, uh-huh. And so um, I, I looked them up and I said, oh, okay, they're all Republican. And then one of them, I realized, wrote a book that he had encouraged me to read with him. And so I started connecting a few dots and I realized, oh my God, no, he was, he was like trying to get me to buy in yeah. to these um, standards that he valued right and uh Mm. it was it just was really toxic i realized i didn't think about it at the time wow but you know when someone Mm. spends the time to hide certain aspects of who they are they only allow you to read certain books sing certain songs believe certain things without question and if you do question it then they play the authority card Mm. right Mm. and so it kind of makes you stuck Mm-hmm. I didn't really conceptualize what was going on at the time mm. until it really affected me. Yeah. And that's a big part of what I really hated about my journey is that I was one of the people that it had to happen to me mm. in order for change to take place. 
and that's a, a big part of why I, I am so vocal now about yeah. spiritual abuse, about sexuality, about queerness, because mm-hmm. I don't want people to hurt in the same way that I did. So mm. I left the whole concept of, of church. I definitely questioned a lot of what I was experiencing, what I had experienced. And even though my, my spiritual journey now is very personal and mm-hmm. it doesn't fit the status quo that it used to, I'm honestly a lot stronger than I was because Mm -hmm. of how I'm able to now articulate the inconsistencies that I found in the Bible. And and the the thing that I try to tell people that question like my relationship with Christ and whatnot, I say, well, I'm not questioning God. I'm not questioning them. I did. (laughs) But at the moment, (laughs) I'm not questioning them. I'm not questioning the, uh, the, even the alleged authenticity of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I'm just questioning how you interpret it. Right. Because this thing, the Bible has been used for atrocities in the past. And on top of that, the good portions or the portions that are somewhat applicable to now still have a huge cultural difference there's so much context and i knew all this before i just kept wanting to apply the idea of well everything will be fine so long as i focus on this one idea Mm. um but now i just challenge it entirely yeah because i don't see love in that as much anymore and it's primarily again in the way that people interpret it you yeah, know absolutely and that's the thing that shifted the most mm-hmm. and then to loop in the whole sexuality thing and how yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. really play together when i left the church i started to open myself up to other communities because i lost mine sure, i was yeah. um demonized actually by <sighs> a lot of people like people were reaching out to me wondering if i was okay if i had like lost my faith mm. um because i was speaking out about like blackness and uh, social injustice and so it just kind of pissed off a big part of the evangelical folks that i was hanging out with for too long um but anyway so i I started to join these groups because i was just curious about myself and then Mm -hmm. i found uh asexuality and I, i knew about asexuality for years i just didn't have anything to relate to because one of the first things that i saw was a lot of what asexuality was not and Mm. one of the things that it was not allegedly was celibacy Mm. i was celibate yeah so i saw that and i said oh well can't be asexual because you can't be celibate apparently so Mm. i didn't connect it Mm. right those dots Mm -hmm. weren't connected until i started to actually read stories and stuff and i i came out to various people and groups and just got like a waves, waves of just love and support oh, from my God. experience. Good. And it was really, really cool. But the thing that was interesting though, I started to see all these people with this superpower that I thought that I had that were not Christian. All right. There were Buddhists and pagans and Hindu, uh, Hindu people and, and just so many different religions and backgrounds that were not lining up with what I had lived. So mm-hmm. I thought to myself, okay, how can this be a God gift to me and also someone that worships the earth? 
Mm. Is it? I don't know. Like, I just didn't Mm -hmm. know. So Mm -hmm. I started to question the overall idea of what the evangelical church says about queerness and about sexualities outside of heteronormativity. And uh, I just found an inconsistency there because I'm like, wait a minute. I see myself as queer now. And everybody who is now demonizing me for putting on that label still can't hold a candle to the pure life that I'm still living in their yep. definition. Yep, yep, because yep, yep, yep. I haven't changed. My sexuality hasn't changed. It's always mm-hmm. been the same. Mm-hmm. I still don't have a taste for certain things. Mm-hmm. So in the concept of like the evangelical way of life, I was still meeting that standard. Yeah. And it, it pissed me off because I continued to see people demonize a lot of queer individuals for things that just were inconsistent to their own life. I mean, people that I have pastored even were having issues with me speaking up for just Pride Month as a basic example. Wow. I had somebody that wow. said, oh, well, I don't really support or believe in the way that uh, like a friend of mine, is, she said like, oh, a friend of mine is lesbian, but I don't support her lifestyle. I just, all I can do is pray for her. And here I am having intimately pastored her husband mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking mm-hmm. about the things that I knew <laughs> about who she was and what she did. And I'm like, what, again, from your definition, what room do you have mm-hmm. to judge anything, mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not you think it's a sin, even by your definition, you're not holding your, up to your own standard. And I saw that I've always seen that. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot more um, revealing now that I was on the other side. And I just wanted to do something about it. So I continued to talk about it. I continued to, that's why I'm an advocate yeah. for, for asexuality and whatnot, because I'm like, there's a danger here that I don't want other people to experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's almost like they forget Jesus's words right? It's like, let him who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And everyone says that, but nobody actually believes it. (laughs) Nobody actually like lives it out. I had someone else that I had uh, come out to and it was again, relating it to queerness and whatnot. Mm -hmm. When I actually uh, announced to the people that I was engaged with that I was ace, Mm -hmm. um, it definitely caused quite a bit of Mm. concern naturally um but i had had one person even say oh you know well i just i i don't know if i agree with certain lifestyles that you're okay with but i still love and support you and i'm like i'm sorry what as it pertains to me specifically what exactly do you not agree with yeah i just don't want to have sex with anybody is well, you know, you, you say that you're a part of the, the LGBTQ ZWX7. And I'm like, that's inappropriate, first of all. And second, I said, but again, what exactly do you not agree with? Yeah. And every time somebody tells me, oh, well, the Bible is clear about blank. I'm like, no, it's not. Because uh. I can challenge most of that 
I, I can. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of people that I found too, a majority of evangelical types, they don't actually know the context of a lot. Mm. They just take what they've learned from another person's perspective yeah. and run with it. Mm-hmm. And they claim it as their own, but there's so much inconsistency, not only in the interpretation, but themselves. So this, the standard is just completely messed up, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It sounds like, you know, all these different relationships have been so incredibly invalidating of your experience. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Consistently for a good long time. And that, that, even before I uh, announced to people that I was close to, that I was um, identify as, as queer, yeah. uh, I was very vocal about the George Floyd mm-hmm. debacle and mm. uh, talked a lot about uh, blackness and a lot about spiritual abuse. And that just pissed a lot of people off. So I lost like dozens of relationships. Wow. People, people that I had like led in worship telling me that I've lost like my faith. I had somebody tell me that I was, I was crazy for speaking about social injustice. What? Um, people that I had no issue with, like there was just nothing there. But once I showed them how I felt about what they identify as politically appropriate, um, that's when darkness really came out. I mean, there was even another gentleman, this was a mistake, but um, <laughs> after I'd left the guy that spiritually abused me, there was another old man, mm. old man <sighs> who was man. very nice. And who caught me during that time. And him and I spent a year developing a relationship. He wanted to do ministry. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try this one more again. And if it doesn't work out, this is going to say something. And Mm -hmm. so even that situation got really weird Mm. because there were people that were following him that were like taking screenshots of things that I was saying online and sending it to him and expressing concern. And so eventually that relationship blew up and he had texted me like paragraphs of stuff saying, you know, we are not going to have a um, LGBT XYZ church. This is not what it's about. And you need to be able to obey what I am presenting in order for Mm. this to work. It's the whole nasty obedience thing again. Um, And once again, this is a man that I, shared a lot with mm. i knew his crap yeah i'm not calling him out in his crap he shared no. some awful stuff with me awful i say awful human stuff really sure. awful to that context but human sure. stuff with me mm-hmm. and then i was the bad guy mm. i was the villain because i was speaking in support of people that i care about yeah and i, I just got tired of it so after him i was like i'm not gonna let this one mess me up like the last one did I just said I'm done wow and so I threw myself into the next thing that felt like myself and that was the ace community Mm. and I talk about spiritual abuse when I'm asked like now because it's important and I think that that's another conversation that people just don't have vocabulary for yes it's happening so much but nobody really bats an eye to it because they say well just find another church, find someone. Not everyone's perfect. It's like, I know that, but that's not the point. It's these inconsistencies that are connecting. Mm -hmm. Someone said, well, why don't you just join a church that's um, pride friendly? I tried, but even them, it wasn't enough. I'm like, no, you guys still don't have 
the answers that I want you to have in order mm. for me to give what I've given before. Because yeah. it would have been easy for me just to, you know, go somewhere else and just say, oh, that old guy didn't know what he was talking about. Let me just move on. Sure. No, mm. it's not enough because people are still like suffering. And, and, and the amount of depression that I went through, mm. I can't even imagine what would it be like for somebody who has, who's, who's more sensitive to, to depression. I, mm. I had a lot of, uh, I, I had a lot of strength during that time, as sure. sad as it was, and as lonely yeah. as it was, I didn't have anybody to talk to. There were mm. members of my f- family that just didn't get it. So that kind oh. of made it hard because I couldn't talk to my family about it. Yeah. I couldn't talk to friends about it. Everybody oh. that I thought was in my corner just left me because I was talking too much about being black. Oh, why do you have to label yourself as an African-American man? Because I am. Why do you have to label yourself as conservative? Why do you have to label yourself as an alumni of your education? Why do you have to label yourself as a, as a Southerner? Why yeah. do you have to label yourself as an American? But you're upset that I'm labeling myself as a black man. Mm. And this one lady tell me, well, I don't see color. Oh. I love your complexion. And I'm like, hun, you can't not see color and love my complexion. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, but no thank you, you know? Yeah. But I, I heard that so much, just people getting so upset at the opposition politically that I was presenting that they uh. just could not fathom or appreciate any more of who I was anymore. All wow. of my, that climb that I mentioned earlier was just shot. Oh. And even though there were plenty of people, I'm not judging everyone that were like just silent or cool with it or could probably say now, oh, you should have just reached out to me. We can still be friends. It doesn't matter. Mm. That's not what I was given. I was given hell. I was given crap after crap after crap. Bad scenario after bad scenario. Mm. People want to question, well, you just got hurt. Just, just, you know, heal from that. Hell yeah, I got hurt. Why would a healthy person want to stay in a, in a healthy relationship? No. I mean, the man that messed me up was just the door. Yeah. Really big door. Mm-hmm. But he was just the beginning. I started yeah. to see what I didn't like in him and so many other people. Yeah. It was everywhere. Even in people that were not politically in agreement with him, Uh right? Now, he was one that was very, he demonized anybody and anything that was not him. But um, even those who were on the other side of the conversation politically, I still saw inconsistencies. Mm. And it's just like, this is not enough. I don't want to continue to be a part of this cycle of abuse. I just don't. Mm. Even like in a proxy situation, I just don't. It would have been easy. I was good at what I did. I was good at the whole manifestation, manifest, manifesting the Holy Spirit. All of that stuff was yeah. easy for me. Yeah. It was like easy. But I, w- I was just done with the pain. And mm. I just, I guess I developed a very em- empath-like gift because I started to feel just the hurt of everybody. Especially when I started to reach out to these communities. I was like, oh my God, this is everywhere. So many people are hurting to the point to where they don't want nothing to do with, with any form of faith. And, you know, that's your choice. No judgment there, 100%. But it's still very sad that people are loving this concept that is supposed to be built on love and that is supposed to be Mm -hmm. upheld with this, 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 this passion 
And then you have all these people holding on to these cultures and traditions that are just fueled with inconsistency and hate and pain. And then when somebody gets hurt, it's like, oh, well, they just fell away. It's their fault. Exactly. They're choosing to do this. Yep. People telling me, oh, you're choosing to step away from God. I'm not choosing to step away from God. You pushed me out. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then who are you to really judge what what is left I have of of whatever God might be for me? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there is no space in that community for queer people or for people of color to be themselves and to be very safe. Very little. Yeah, very little. Unless you conform to certain ideologies. Mm. Very little. And it's mm. not like that everywhere, because I know people are going to listen to this and be like, not all Christians are bad. Yeah, but a lot of you guys are really silent about a lot of things and allowing this, this virus to just sit and fester and grow mm-hmm. and doing nothing about it, not being open to learn yeah. anything more. They'd always talk about, well, God is unchanging. Okay. But we're not. Yeah. If that is true, what makes you think that your current understanding of this idea is accurate? Mm. 100% accurate. Yeah. No. It's just yeah. not. No. It's just not. So many people, oh, well, I just can't agree with because I just learned uh, something else when I was growing up. Okay. So that is already proof of an inconsistency that you're the one that changes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even mm-hmm. even talking about uh, some of the issues with with blackness and whatnot, yeah. it was not that long ago, honestly, that people justified segregation and yep. slavery with mm-hmm. the Bible. Yes, 100%. and I've had that conversation with people, and they would say, "Well, you know, I, if I was at that time, I would have done something." And I'm like, "No." No, you wouldn't. Because if yeah. something, if that were true, if that was the heart of the Christian, why did it happen to begin with mm-hmm. at that time? It took death and war in order for those things to change. Yet you want to believe in the consistency of the love of God in mm-hmm. the lens of, of, of man? That's, that, that's, there's something wrong there. Yeah. There's if, something wrong there. And if that's true, then why are they still doing it with the queer community? That as well. Yeah. There's so many people who are like anti-progress. They're like, oh, the progressive nature of, of life is just too much and whatnot. I'm like, um, I'm pretty sure, again, not too long ago, it was pretty darn progressive for uh, women to vote. It was Absolutely. pretty darn progressive for Black people to be free, to yes. own land. All Absolutely. of those ideas are progressive. Mm-hmm. I don't understand this fetish hate fetish that people have with the progressive concept of just existence. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of that might be pointing back to the politics that have become so deeply ingrained within the Christian culture of America. A it, lot of that. Yeah. It's not it just is, about the Bible anymore. It's not. And all of that no. goes unquestioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's not to say that there are some great, good-hearted, beautiful Christians out there. There were hundred percent. I mean, there are still some beautiful Christian ace people mm-hmm. that I've met. 
that I that I love and appreciate. Um, yeah, I just I just don't want to be a part of that narrative. Absolutely, anymore. absolutely. Yeah. And someone that you trusted, your mentor, right, uh-huh. used uh-huh. that power to question your identity, question uh-huh. your sense of truth, your connection to God, and he called you demonic. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot for the time. Someone that you trust. Uh-huh. Mm. It was pretty terrible. And I'm, and I'm, you know, like I said, I'm stronger for it now. Sure. But uh, it was, it was, it was hard for the time. And the only thing that I could do that I do think now is thinking about all the other people that are going through that similar process that are going through that similar pain. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what fuels me. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, speak up and, and, and talk about it like I do now. Absolutely. And I thank you for doing that. I think you also hit on one of the big things that makes this so difficult is that someone with power that you trust, but it doesn't stop there, right? Then it becomes your whole community. And to step out of that, you lose your community, which we need as humans. So yeah. you become so isolated to even leave that community is so difficult it was oh and and people don't understand that because they just think oh it's just a choice and it's like man until it happens to you you don't get it Mm -hmm. and i've got some empathy for that but give people the space that's that's another thing too that i wish a lot of people would do is give people the space give yourself the space to understand (laughs) what they're going through you know Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's and just wrapping it back into what I do now with the asexual representation and advocacy. It's like, I yeah. just want to give people the space to understand themselves. I didn't have that. Absolutely. If I would have known, I would have known half of what I know now. Mm. I would have probably been, I would have made a lot. I wouldn't have made as many mistakes, <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't yeah. have made as many mistakes. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's a big part of uh, why I'm so passionate about all these different things. There was uh, uh, one of the the platforms that I started on on Instagram uh, for art. We had like different ace artists promote their work and stuff. Very cool. And um, there was a mom of one of the the young artists that got really excited about the community that reached out to us, and she just kind of expressed uh, just gratitude for the space that we were giving her daughter to just be herself. And when I read that, it was like, this was like last year, Mm. but I said to myself, I can die tomorrow and feel like I've done what I needed to do. Cause, cause that, that was enough. That was enough. You know, that not only did the daughter find that space, but her family is also like, this is great. She has that support early on. That's what's so beautiful to me. And that's why I'm vocal. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I'm so passionate about bringing Mm -hmm. um, asexual representation to the full, to to a full light for people and allies like her mom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because they need that. Yes. Because without it, like, who knows? Who knows where I would have been? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, to, 
to some degree you do know, right? Because, I mean, you were on that path for a while without having the language to understand that, right? So, I mean, we hope that by you coming into spaces like this, creating the spaces that you have made, you become, you know, a model, a representation Mm -hmm. for someone to look up to, to understand their own lived experience so that they don't have to go through that same pain, confusion that you had to navigate on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And just gone silent about so much. But that's true. And and I do wish that more people who are like not open to being too vocal about certain things would understand that. Yeah. You know, because when to to make it and, and I did this on purpose, but to make things just to push the envelope a bit, when I did announce my uh, sexuality to my circles, mm-hmm. I knew what I was jeopardizing. And because mm-hmm. I did, I said, I think I'm going to wear some eyeliner for this announcement. Hell yeah, <laughs> so do I it. just kind of pushed the the boundaries of what everybody expected and knew me, yeah. even though I always thought that I would look real cool in certain outfits or with, with a certain certain look. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that made it more um, upsetting for a lot of people. But that's that's kind of the point, though. It's like, well, yeah. still. We have to give people that space. Why not? Mm-hmm. And and in the concept of like, oh, well, it's demonic or not right, or the Bible doesn't say this, that, what have you. Even in that context, okay, just to give them a brief benefit of the doubt. Sure. Even in that context, what does it matter to you if that group is okay with doing what they did to somebody like me, what's it matter for somebody that doesn't even care about God? Mm. It just yeah. doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it's, hip- I that. no, I mean, it's hypocritical and that's why we can't understand it a hundred percent because we yeah. know that the Bible is very clear that all sin is the same in the eyes of God. There are verses about that, but somehow the Christian community sometimes, and again, right, not all Christians, but a majority of the Christian community picks the issue of homosexuality to be the thing that they can call out. I know you kind of mentioned this before when you were pastoring people and could kind of know the various things, you know, forms of sin that they were struggling with in their life, but we ignore those sins to say, well, this is the sin that I need to call out and say is the worst out of all. Yeah. And it's hypocritical to what the Bible teaches. Yeah. It is extremely that's why it doesn't make any sense. It never, it, it never, doesn't. I don't, never did. And I don't yeah. think it ever will. No. It never will. And that, that's the thing that was so weird. Even in, even when I had that, that veil on my yeah, eyes. Yeah. Um, even in that moment, I was like so confused by why people were fetishizing certain sins when I'm like aware of so much nuance of the people that I was around. I just didn't understand it. Didn't understand it. I've seen some stuff, heard some stuff. Yeah. And in that context, like in that time, it was weird. But I had to just write it off as, well, they're Christian and they're trying their best and they're pursuing God and they love Jesus, so everything is fine. Okay. I think. At the time, I really didn't know. I really didn't yeah. know. I knew what the Bible said about stuff. Mm-hmm. But didn't agree with some perspectives. Sure. But yeah, it's that hip- hypocritical inconsistency that you see yeah. everywhere. 
Yep. I mean, it's much easier to look at someone else's shit than to look back at my own, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just so much work that I think the evangelical majority at large needs to really open up to before they become their own downfall. Yeah. Which is kind of what's happening, I'm, I, mm. th- I think, is that some, some of the standards that they're trying to present just don't make any sense. And you're pushing people out, but you're also just like demonizing yourself. And it's gross. Yeah. And that, that's why I didn't want to be a part of it. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, nah, I hang out with a bunch of people that get me. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I knew yeah. they were there because I know I'm not, I'm not that special. Right. No. Like, it's like, <laughs> well, I, I yes, can't but be, no. Yes, yeah. but no. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I cannot be the only one who feels this way. I Mm-mm, thought to myself, I not. can't be. No. I can't be. And that's what I discovered. But like you said earlier, they will tell you that you're the one struggling with this. They will tell you that it's because you're not close enough to God. You need Mm -hmm. to pray more. You're, you know, there's a veil in front of your eyes that you need to ask him to lift. I mean, it really pushes on the person in that situation that it's their fault, that they're not understanding, that they're not free of the sin. And in that, then you start to feel isolated. You're like, no one else struggles with this. This is just my own problem with God. Mm-hmm. And then the vocabulary, even within the, the people that have a heart to do something, they don't have the words to address these things. Mm-hmm. So they just see these people hurting and they have to adopt the the idea that it is what it is. God will work it out. God will bring them back, whatever it is. It's just like, no, yeah, that's not the case for everybody. Yeah. And Some just- people do. Right. You know, make their way back to the church. And if that's their choice, that's beautiful, fantastic, Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. But some people just don't. Yeah. And then they become the bad guys. Mm. So I'm just like, if I have to be the villain in order to prove a point, in order to love people better, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't understand how advocating for black lives. I mean, yeah, that's a whole. Is <laughs> not was, Christian. That was the whole thing. Like it how, wasn't that it wasn't what? Christian. Or, yeah, it was what? like it was like they were saying. I had some people say that I was just not following the right path. That I was someone called me crazy. That I was misinterpreting what God is doing politically. So they weren't denying my faith. They were just uh, watering down my strength in it. Right. They were discounting what. I was about at that time. And I I heard that a lot from a lot of people. Because you were calling out the very real injustice. Yeah. And oppression. Yeah. Or just, or just promoting how black is beautiful. People had a problem with that too. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. It was like, I don't, people like, well, you, you shouldn't label God sees everybody the same. You shouldn't label yourself as black. You know, you're, you're part of the problem. Like, Part of what problem? You know, why are we picking it? Like, that's the whole thing with like labels too. It's like, why do we pick and choose labels? Mm-hmm. I can't label myself as ace or black, but again, you can label yourself as Republican. Right. Oh, but that's like ordained by God. I'm like, uh, bro, someone said that. I was like, wow. that doesn't make any sense. Mm. I don't Mm-mm. understand that. No, not at all. And even if God does see all people the same, sure, take that premise for that, right? That doesn't change the years of systemic oppression 
that have occurred and continue to affect our society. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get into the questions of like, you know, you'd ask them sins in the world, right? Oh, that's because, you know, the devil and so God doesn't control everything. There's sin in the world. There has been injustice that has occurred in this country for years against people of color. So I don't understand, even if you want to say God sees all people the same, sure. You're just going to ignore that whole reality? Yeah. And a lot of people do. I've I've tried to have that conversation with some people and they're just like, well, things are, things are better now. Things are, things are different. Things are changing. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to say or or trying to promote, Mm -hmm. but you just want to hold on to these oppressive concepts or not even bother questioning what you know or why you know it when Mm. 80% of it is just adopted. It's just, you're just attaching to your family traditions like so little of it is like self-explored it's just oh well that just makes sense for me at the time so i'm just gonna adapt to that and roll with it that's what i did Mm -hmm. (laughs) for for a long time Mm -hmm. and just adapt to it oh i've got a superpower spiritually because i don't want to have sex with anybody fine sure that sounds cool right right. (laughs) god loves me a little more maybe because of it he gave me something special because of it absolutely so Mm -hmm. when you hear that same narrative for people who are politically aligned in certain ways and you hear you're a good and faithful servant for believing this or that or doing Mm. this or that it's difficult to get out of it you know i I understand Mm -hmm. but once you once it's exposed to you though like come on yeah and i mean better Right. I mean, yes, 100%. And I think your story points to how difficult that can be thinking about your mentor, right? We mm. we talk about cultivating our own understanding of the Bible, your own understanding and, and interpretation. But then here you are with someone in authority, someone with power telling you that the way you understand the Bible is actually wrong yeah. and you're going to listen to my interpretation. And then that person is in power, spreads that message to other people. Yep. Yep. And then people latch onto it and just replicate it and don't question it because some certain authorities have a way about them that gives off the, this idea of righteousness that is hard Mm. to clock. Yeah. That's what it was for me. People, I had somebody ask me once, do you sin? I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you don't act like it. I'm like, "Uh, mm, okay. Valid, yeah. I guess. Sure. Like, I like, what does this mean? I'm not sure. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so that's that's what happens though. Like when you have these put together people that are hard to uh, clock with certain things, they're just complete in areas where it matters, mm. right? The, the things that people hold sacred are shared and then you, you can't break out of that. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah. Mm. Is there anything that you would want to say? To those people do better yeah i mean and there's just so much conversation that i've already had with certain people Absolutely. to where it's like yeah. some of it's oftentimes a lost cause a lot of people just kind of write it off as yep. it is what it is and i'm just going to continue to love people in the best way that i know how and deal with it and i'm like that's a nice step i think there's so much more that one can do Absolutely. i think people need to be more um need to reflect more it's it's an inward thing you know like i said earlier it's like until it happens to you you don't really think about it or care i don't know how many people that i talk to 
even about my sexuality, they're like, well, I still love you for you. It's fine. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not really why I'm sharing it with you, but sure. I'm mm. I'm not questioning that you love me less. Well, you shouldn't, yeah. but um, it's just more so an awareness thing. And, and again, a vocabulary thing. Absolutely. Learn about these things. Understand yeah. the nuance of it. That's another thing that people miss so much is that there's a nuance to these realities that needs to be understood. And on, on both sides, I see this inconsistency anywhere you believe or, you know, wherever you are on the spectrum of understanding life, there's nuance yes. that needs to be talked about mm-hmm. that goes so unchecked. And I know yeah. this because I went years not checking it, years mm. watching people in pain, just thinking, well, I'm just going to keep loving them and hope for the best. Oh. That's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough, especially having experienced it. It's not enough because if I was any more vulnerable during that time where I had inconsistency with friends, family, my emotions, my spirituality, this God that I thought was so close to me, I didn't speak with him for three months. Imagine how that what that's like for someone that gave their life to that concept for years. I didn't speak with that idea of God for three months. I had no reason to live. No reason. Mm. And that's because the nuances that I was experiencing was not being presented enough. It was not, there was no awareness of it. Mm. So nobody wanted to believe it or appreciate it or understand it because there was just no word. Yeah. Mm. And I don't blame, I don't blame people entirely for that until I present it. Then I'm like, now I'm going to hold you to the fire a bit. But, um, so yeah, so that that's what I would say. I would yeah. say understand the nuance of people's experience more. Mm-hmm. And and then the other thing is start to have a conversation about your own ideas of life. Ask questions why. It's not about denying God. Mm. That's not what most people are asking you to do. It's just questioning the interpretation of what we know to be who they are whatever they are, to whoever they are for. There's so many uh, perspectives that are fine for what they are. Demonizing people for having something different is just not consistent with your faith, those who think that, and also just not right. (laughs) You know, I've met some beautiful people that have a complete opposite concept spiritually that I've had for years, complete opposite. And they're fantastic. Loved me so much more than some of the people that just left me out Mm -hmm. to dry, that pushed me out. Yeah, They're just like, man, I worship the devil and I love you. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) that checks checks out, at least for right now, that checks out. And I have nothing to say about what you're doing because yeah. you're happy. Mm. That's enough. Yeah. And that should be enough for me. Yes, it should. And that's the thing with when it comes to ace representation as well. People get so upset as well. Why do we have to talk about it? Why is it important to have a conversation about? Because somebody needs it. Somebody does. If you don't, fine. Yep. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You're not in this conversation. Yeah, this isn't about you. No, but somebody else does. So at least have the maturity. And the awareness 
to give somebody else space. Mm. Yeah. Because again, I'm not that special. Mm. I'm not that, I'm unique, but like, you know, I'm not the only one who experienced what I experienced not sexually. At all. I'm not. You're not alone in that. I thought I was. Thought I mm. was. But it's, that's just not the reality. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your story so much because it is an active move to do what you're talking about, mm. to be loud, to use your voice for people to hear your experience and resonate and find pieces that they connect with. It's very powerful. First time I'm sharing the spiritual stuff mm. publicly. I've shared mm-hmm. it a lot with uh, on private conversations, yeah. but I don't talk about it often. A lot of times because there's a there's a bit of a not it's not a great label on the concept of certain spiritual choices mm-hmm. um, in in queer culture, and, yeah. and, and rightfully so. Okay, right. I don't blame them. Do yeah, not blame a lot me. Of for harm. Yeah, so I don't talk about it a lot, uh, but but I do think it's important because a lot of people Absolutely. are. Or need to hear something. At least they Absolutely. would have heard it. Right? Yes. At least you know. So you can see the yes. signs. At yes. The very least. Yes. And know that you're not alone in that pain, the confusion of that journey. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I want to hold a little bit of space too as we come to the end of our time. If there's anything that is lingering for you that maybe we didn't hit on, and it's okay if not, but I just like to hold a little bit of space in case there's anything coming up. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I mean, in the in the past few years, this spiritual abuse leading into just um, embracing my blackness into social yeah. injustice and then asexuality and the art that I do around that. That's really been my life. Yeah. As of recent, I'm, I'm very passionate about it. I want people to to have that freedom and to feel a little less alone, mm. and just to educate the the nuances of of what my lens of life looks like, in order for somebody else to engage in a way that's healthy and maybe even in life saving for some people. Mm. Absolutely. You know, I see that so much. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know how many people that were even like two times my age who were in the groups that I was sharing things with that were like, I'm married with grandkids. I've always felt this way. And this is the first time I'm finding my voice for something like this. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Just think of how much more authentic somebody could be if they found themselves earlier on and that's the beautiful thing i love too that there is so much awareness especially with young people yeah so that those mistakes are not made the mm. confusion's not there mm-hmm. just be yourself and be comfortable knowing that you can look to somebody else that yeah. shares that same experience yeah. so that you're not weird you're not different mm-hmm. and however you choose to express yourself sexually is beautiful mm. and then of course the nuance of just relationships and love and how sex is not the center of everything which is something that i thought yes. for a while that's what yes. kept me from engaging with so many intimate relationships is because i thought eventually sex is gonna have to be a thing i think mm. <laughs> i don't yeah, really yeah, know yeah i don't know people tell me well when you meet that someone it'll click i'm like oh validating that's weird. Yeah, it's because I never met that someone. 
I don't know what that is. I don't know what that feels like, but you hear that so much, whether mm. you came up in Christian spaces or not. Yeah. There's that idea that uh, if you wait, you meet that someone and it'll click. And then here's the weird part about that concept. No, that's just demisexuality, but nobody knows that. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what they're explaining. Yeah. And, and, and the Christian spaces say that a lot. So they're pro demisexuals and they don't even know it. Exactly. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think I've expressed a lot. Yes. And there's a lot more that can be said, but um Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really appreciate you sharing your powerful story and all the authenticity that now you are embodying in mm-hmm. all of your work. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. Yeah, that's the thing that's most freeing about this is that yes. I can just exist without hesitation Mm. exists without judgment i mean all those years that i thought that i was gay because other people said i thought they thought i was Mm. i'm like wow how many other people are getting that narrative how many other people are doing things that are not who they are based off of what culture is pushing them into a lot yeah 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 and then that's Mm -hmm. the, the really freeing thing about the, the the art that I put out and the music that I'm putting out. Absolutely. All of that, it's just so free. Mm. And that's that's really what matters at the end of the day. People talk about, well, as long as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. Okay, if that's true, let's give people the space to find that. Absolutely. Let's give enough labels for people to latch on to, enough mm. um understanding enough platforms so that yes. everybody has the space to choose and be who they need to be in order to be happy and allow that to just do its own thing. Mm-hmm. If it changes, great. If it stays the same, great. I'm not changing anytime soon. I've been this way since I can remember. So absolutely. Some things absolutely. change, some things don't. Yeah. But it's all about giving people that space. Absolutely. More space for the diversity of the human experience. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, very powerful words. I really can tell that you're speaking from the heart. Mm. There is one question I do ask everyone on the podcast that I want to close with. Yeah. And that question is, what is one thing that you wish other people knew was more normal? And I know that's like the whole time we've been talking about that. So take your time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, More normal. I I would say... When it, when it comes to asexuality, that. Yes. It, it might not be like the majority or, or common, but it's definitely natural. There's a lot of talk about it being unnatural or brought on by abuse. And even though that happens, sure. right, there is still a nature to this thing that I wish was honored more. And, and that's another reason why I'm glad that I have the, the confidence to speak on these things because I'm an Absolutely. example of, I wasn't abused into asexuality. I'm not, um, there's nothing specifically attached to the nature of, of who I am. Yeah. And I think that's something that I wish more people knew. Mm-hmm. Was. Yes. And, and it's not about like it being a phase, hear the whole phase thing oh. too, where someone told me, isn't everybody a little asexual? And I'm like, Maybe, but those who are not know it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You just, you just know it. That's the thing with aces. Like we sit there listening to that and we're like, no, because we know it. 
Mm-hmm. Like you can you can go a long time mm-hmm. without sex and be cool with it. That's not the same thing as having little to no desire for right. sexual attraction. Right. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's what it is. Normal and and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And natural. I love that use of that word. Mm. Yeah. Very, very, very natural. Yeah. Oh. It was such a pleasure to hear your story. It's it's very powerful. And I'm so thankful that you are in the space where you're at now, where you have the community and you feel supported and you feel loved. Well, thank you for having me. This was Absolutely. really lovely. I'm, yeah. I'm really glad. It's, it's really therapeutic to talk about mm, certain things. So this was, this was really nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is there anywhere you want to plug to for the people that have connected with your message and want to see your work? Yeah. So um, at Showtime spelled S-H-E-A-U-X-T-I-M-E is where you will find most of of what I will be doing. I mm-hmm. told myself that I would become a lot more active sure. this season because I don't really like showing my face or, or sure, sure. talking much because it's... Yeah. I don't want it to be about me, but mm-hmm. I don't know. People like that. So. Yeah, we like you. It's great. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. I had that yeah. handle um, for, for most of the, mm. my spaces. So Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, then leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're a part of the Anarchist community, then follow us on Instagram or nominate a guest for the show by sending in a letter to modernanarchypodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, I'll see you next week.